0: Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and media. And tonight, get ready for a total mindfuck. Get ready for being impregnated by a muscle car and birthing a cyborg baby as we dive into Titan. Titan. Titan? Titan. It is French. Titan. 2021. I'm Mitch.
1: I'm Murr. I'm Justine. And
2: I'm Jonathan.
1: So it is pronounced titan and it is Teton. French for titanium.
3: Thanks. Because yeah. she has a titanium plate in her head. Yeah. She also, she has, also yeah. fucks cars. She also has and a titanium chopstick.
2: Yeah, yeah, that too. That holds her hair up. That she uses
3: to stab into people's brains. Kind of
2: dope murder weapon. Mm-hmm. I was just
3: about to say, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: Well, I'm
1: going to go into a production notes so if you just basically we got a lot to talk about we with got this a lot to talk about this one so this uh movie came out in early 2021 it was written and directed by julia de Cornell. she is known for her other film bra in which case a vegetarian decides to start eating raw meat and
2: it gets very hectic well, she then has to figure out how to find other raw meat and is like, you know what? I can just kill people and eat them. And that's how that film goes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you
3: know, Wait, s- quick side note. I remember someone saying that this vegan person transitioned to a raw meat diet and it actually improved a lot of their health problems. Ooh, I'm just saying, but I don't know where you can find raw meat that's good enough quality to eat. Yeah, raw. not in the US. Definitely no. not in the US. I know in Korea, that's a thing.
2: Yeah. A lot of they have really harsh standards for what they like when you go and sell shit in the market. As they should. Whereas here, the the USDA is kind of like a weird conglomerate of people who are like, yeah, I'll check this box it's off Like this is insanely
3: poisonous. We can put a little bit, only Literally. 5% in your food. Yes. Of this exactly. poisonous chemical because it's not going to kill them. Right away. So they can't technically
2: (laughs) sue us for it. If it's a certain percentage of the meat that you claim it is, then you can let it go through. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts.
3: Not to
1: mention some dyes. Oh,
3: it's gray. We could make that
2: pink or red.
3: Um, but don't get me started on fillers anyways (laughs) yeah
1: discussion of meat aside wow we should talk about
3: that's a a segment for the future the meat industry that's Um,
2: literally a horror section in our country
3: i did a whole (laughs) speech on this in college and got a very high score so i gotta say i'm qualified for this topic
0: also a good book called no happy not that qualified that is a good one. That talks about this entire thing. So yeah, it's a very short book, but very worth reading.
3: Yeah. Anyways, back to production. Alex. So
0: she, she
1: was she's notable for that movie uh, uh, back when it came out.
2: This is, I believe, her second film.
1: This is her second film. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on the 13th of July, 2021, where she became the second female director to win the Pal d'Or, Palme d'Or, uh, basically the festival's top award. And is as well as the first female filmmaker to win solo.
2: So that shit is wild because this film festival has been around for a really, really long time, and she's only the second woman to win that because just like the judges never choose women to win these things. Got
3: me raising some eyebrows. Uh, Their
2: panels are questionable, in my opinion, because they often get people who they think are famous at the time, which is going to be usually retired actors, people who are doing some sort of film production. But they are similar to the Academy Awards where they might get like some gift baskets from people. And like they have certain items in it, so they're probably swayed to vote one way or another. And so it's kind of hard to get... Objective judges in these kinds of things.
1: We we also found out uh, last year that the uh, estimated budget for some of these movies could go up to and cap at one million dollars.
2: Yeah, so super unfair in my opinion. You should have like segments, like categories, where it's within a certain bracket of money that yeah. being used. But say somebody who made a film for I don't know ten thousand dollars has to go up against a film that did it for a million. And it's obviously going to have a production difference because of how much money you put into it.
3: What was the budget for this movie?
1: Uh, I will get into that. So the budget for this one is a bit of a mystery because of, of said said restrictions. Some people are estimating around 4 to $5 million. Um,
3: but, but they covered that up, obviously, so they could get into the festival.
2: Yeah, they often will make it very unclear so that when they go and check... There's no one who officially checks. They when, do a very light check.
1: It's also that thing where it's like, you know, you probably spend... I don't know, 200 bucks to to rent equipment and that equipment itself is several thousands of dollars. Cuz I
3: was about to say of the way that this movie looks, I don't see it possible for them to do it on just a million dollar budget.
2: No, yeah, it it looks very high quality.
3: Um
1: it was available for 2 days in the US, uh, part of a national release and it only made 4.6 million at the box office. So it did not make its money back if the the conspiracy is true. Uh but it also got distributed by Neon. They are best known for distributing Parasite. And it is also the uh, feature length debut of Agathe Roussel, who plays Alexia slash Adrian. She is our main character. In Insane
2: this story. that this is a film feature debut. This is her first time in a feature length film.
3: She's an incredibly good actress. Yes. Yeah, like, and, and to have fuck? this as her major debut, that's that's a major stepping stone right there um she had been in
2: talks with the director for quite some time about the story and it was really drawn to it because it was completely different than what had been offered to her which was often what you saw at the beginning of the film which was her being some sort of sexy character and that was kind of it like they wanted her just for her looks and so when she heard about what this film would do she's like yeah i'm all in and went in for the film and was waiting for it and freaking came out the gates winning uh, yeah. at one of the film festivals so good for her
1: not only that but she's also very capable of dancing really well
3: yeah i could tell she's been a dancer before because she got moves <laughs> yeah she does. She got flow
1: uh this movie is a mind fuck and we're gonna delve right into that so
2: <laughs> Man. so the first thing i wanted to ask you guys which is kind of an obvious thing is what is it saying about femininity and masculinity because you have uh, the main character who hides by being a man but still maintains a lot of her like feminine ideals and perspectives on things while also doing this um it
1: has to it has to do a lot with like uh basically birthing or trying to hide a child which is very interesting in that regard uh basically putting on this persona of a, a man so she's able to be uh not seen and not caught by the cops is an interesting take i've never seen a movie where someone basically goes through rigorous like taping of themselves to basically portray someone else so it was interesting to see the switch from quote-unquote sex worker to someone who's trying to just be a regular joe so they could like slip into you know something different
0: i wonder if it's trying to say something about like escaping femininity like if it's even possible yeah sort of thing without without um you know i mean is it can you actually escape being perceived that way because even even in the movie there are like the fight like some of the firefighters treat her weirdly even though she's like you know supposed to be a guy at the time and it's like incognito. some of them do some of them
2: don't the way yeah. i took it was that she obviously didn't like her experience working as a dancer for mm-hmm. this like it's basically like the beginning is the like the literal representation of most of the industry and what happens to women when they work in these kinds of situations which is that they're only there because of their looks and their body and I think the the director kind of turned that around and made the movie to start it was like this is the male gaze right like this is made for men mm-hmm. to watch and enjoy and then as the movie goes on it tears that away it makes it really uncomfortable for you to watch so that you understand how uncomfortable she was at the start of the story
0: yeah because it does do all the same things that you're going to see typical in like male gazy shots and stuff like that it does them for all those especially when it's when she's in pain or you know trying to bind herself up but it's always uncomfortable
3: so the way i saw this movie might be a little different because i don't necessarily know if the director was even trying to portray any significant messages throughout this movie true and the strong feeling I was getting throughout watching this movie is that this was an art piece made for art's sake. And the thing with that is if you don't make the purpose behind it evident, then people are bound to draw their own conclusions, mm. which is what I think the director was trying to get out of this movie. Because there's a lot that you could take away. Definitely the aspect of femininity versus masculinity and how comfortable you feel in those roles. But I think also a lot of it has to do with industry. I think that was a big part of it and how we're kind of all getting fucked by industries. Yeah. uh,
1: We're also going to be talking about that in our new episode last night in Soho, how uh, basically the industry takes people of all sorts of backgrounds and areas and basically warps them to be something that they want. And if they want to get in higher positions, they got to do things that they don't like, which is, most likely illegal stuff or, like, stuff like sexual favors or basically, um, you know, working themselves super hard. Uh, I got to say, watching her give so many signatures out by all these men that have just, like, their cell phones out, it was just – it was very disgusting to me. I felt very uncomfortable. I felt
3: uncomfortable from the start. Because it's it's interesting, though, because I feel like she really was enjoying herself when she was dancing. Like, she was kind of in her own world, but then she came out of that and had to – cater to the fans, basically, take their selfies, give them the autographs, give them a hug, what the fuck. Well, ever. it
2: starts like where she kind of has a underlying obsession with the car itself. Mm-hmm. Like, which
3: came from a trauma right. that she'd experienced when she was younger, which then you also have the element of trauma being mixed into, yeah, the whole idea behind this movie.
2: Yeah, she's dealing with it all the way through. Mm-hmm. the fact that she was she was in the car crash while she was younger but obviously the parents were not so nice mm-hmm. i think uh was it uh one of the parents is like yelling at her and that's like why the car crash happens because mm-hmm. she keeps <laughs> she was making the the that was kind of creepy too because she's making the engine noise like as it's going like she's revving it on to like it get, get, like the, for the crash to happen and then
3: just starts kicking his seat getting oh, out of her man seat.
2: Just an un- super unruly child, but then you have to wonder how that relationship was when she was a kid. Like, was the parent kind of neglectful? Or they did they? Yeah, because have- you don't
3: really see anything or hear anything about her childhood yeah. except for that first opening scene, and then it cuts straight to her going to this like car meet thing mm-hmm. where they have strippers, and she's a stripper on the cars. Have- That's we-
2: totally a thing too. That still happens. I would
3: love to go to one of those. I'm just b t d g h DGH field trip right uh, yeah I go to a car
1: show we're gonna start the female gaze section now yeah <laughs> <laughs> right me
3: like man they're hot <laughs> but where are the male strippers at i know they're around
2: i'm sure it happens now with all the the women who bring their really souped up cars to these meets oh yeah they might have somebody who's who's dancing with their car
3: it's funny because the way this film opened the way she walked in i thought she was working on the cars there especially oh, right. given like what changes. i already knew about and then she changes and i'm like oh who's the stripper and i'm like oh wait that's
1: her yeah, the, the 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 reveal is uh, you could see her metal plate, which is basically yeah. the catalyst for her love for cars. Uh, she gets in this accident, and they basically put this giant head trap on her when she's younger, recovering. And finally they say, well, you have this metal plate in you. It won't hurt you or, or cause discomfort as long as you don't get hit in that area, and it causes trauma. And then immediately after she leaves the hospital, she looks at the car that was the catalyst for this crash, and she starts hugging and kissing it. She loves the car.
2: Also, that car that she is dancing with, dope car. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool looking car for the... <laughs> go but
3: ahead. But something that was interesting is that she seemed to... So I'm just going to, you know, announce the elephant in the room. She fucks the car. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. the car yes. fucks her, the but, car But not in the way her. you expect. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll just let you watch it so you know what we're talking about. But so she dances on the Cadillac, then fucks the Cadillac, and then... There's the scene at the end where she's dancing on the fire truck and then she fucks the fire truck. Right. So it seems whatever car she interacts with in this way, she then has to have sex with.
2: Yeah. I don't know if it's going into like the like realm of some weird supernatural fantasy. That's what I
3: was getting the whole time. Like it's not necessarily that she's fucking the car, but there is something that is existing through these cars. Yeah. That is having sex with her. <laughs>
0: Either that or it's a metaphorical sort of thing, like a Lynchian metaphor sort of deal where she is like becoming the industry she's becoming as cold and as metal and lifeless as the industry that happens and then she
3: goes not saying that sex work is always going to be a cold light and lifeless sort of job but in a lot of cases these women do have to sort of become jaded in order to work in these very dangerous and demanding fields and so you see the transition from the hospital to her dancing at this cars meet And that's already sort of emphasizing that she's becoming more of a hardened person.
0: I think if you look at it from the perspective of someone who is like popular among people versus someone who's not as, but wants to be. Oh, gotcha. When you get compliments and you're not as popular, you're a lot more like, yay, I'm getting compliments, yay, I love this, right? But when you're in her situation where she's being ogled constantly she's high priority also the dude like follows her she's yeah being in the into the car. yeah exactly yeah exactly she, so um, then
2: is yeah. the story pretty original then like well, i don't think we've seen anything kind of like this this is something no. that's different i've never seen
3: to... something that's had me so confused the whole time like it i didn't really, even does, really yeah. know where the story was going until maybe like an hour and a half into the movie
2: fair yeah because then yeah <laughs> so so I've read some articles and they were suggesting that there are some elements that either were intentional by the director or just by accident but she becomes pregnant without a dude so like this Immaculate is this conception. is sort of like yeah this is religious in some ways where and so I don't think that's what the director intended just because it is a movie about the business about the industry well, now
3: that you're saying the religious aspect it's making me think of the whole concept of the birth of Jesus, yeah, and that was immaculate conception by God, supposedly the great miracle. And then you have this basically like an antichrist baby that's born from the serial yeah. killer stripper. <laughs> so, so that's another and thing. And the car, too. She, Demon Lord. she becomes
2: a <laughs> serial killer in the movie. So, like the first kill, justifiable. We oh, talked absolutely. about that. no, she's
3: definitely done that before. We but don't also, actually know how many people also, she's killed, but she was so prepared to kill that first guy. She's she is. She knew how to do before. it,
2: like with the chopsticks. She like stuck it in. His ear and like got it into his brain, like and now see now I'm now I'm
0: thinking more of her relationship with cars, other than just the accident, because she's basically like a car model, yeah, a car model dancer sort of deal, and so she's on display, just like the car is on display. So she vibes with the car because her and the car are in the same oh, position, man. both objectified by everyone that watches them, yeah. And then she's like, oh, we get along. I get along with this car right here, so I guess you know. And talking I know to the this car, car does not demand <laughs> anything. From kind of me. fetish. <laughs> this car does
3: not look at me a certain way. This car doesn't objectify me. I vibe with this car. You could also
1: argue, uh, for the second half, that um, in the metaphorical sense that you're saying that uh, fire trucks are used by men, and in the industry you're used by men to get to higher positions.
3: Oof. Gotta climb that ladder. Gotta climb the ladder. Damn, there's little you know, ladders on that thing. You, oh. you climb the ladder and you wax the pole. Ooh, that's how you get to the top. Shit.
0: The, the amount of interpretations you can do. I think that's why. I think that's why I would describe this as almost like a Lynchian sort of movie. Yeah, because yeah. it has all those interpretations. Not uh, enough stuff is explained and vague. For she you to
2: is very similar in the way that she answers her questions for interviews she loves messing with people yeah. to be like it's whatever like you want it to be or like you know what what did you think it was and like won't answer things really directly because she loves people Love getting confused shit. about yeah. what she's made because it's obviously going to like make people be like what the fuck is this
0: sometimes you you make these so that you can spur discussion yes exactly you want people to talk about the stuff because that's how you get them talking about the different subject material the ideas you're trying to present
2: so so for this film then how did it disturb you like did it horrify you what like what was the body horror like things that really got to you
3: This movie was like engrossing is the word I can say to describe this because because it was so interesting and I was like encapsulated by it. But at the same time, the body horror elements of it were so unique, not really something I'd seen before. I didn't really know how to handle it, you know, like seeing somebody give themselves or try to give themselves an abortion with the fucking titanium chopstick that I could not watch. (laughs) That That was
2: really rough to watch. Holy shit.
3: And it's these kind of things that make the movie so out there because you don't really see horror like this. Yeah. No. These sort of realms, especially when it comes to feminine body horror, are very rarely delved into. Yeah. But if they are, it's in a certain sense.
2: Uh, To be honest, most of the ones that have gotten really extreme have been from female directors who want people to see stuff like this.
3: Well, because who knows the feminine perspective better than someone who is possessing female parts. Yeah. And that's how I can tell that this film was directed by a woman and not a man, because a man would have gone a completely different route if he was trying to uh, show feminine horror.
2: Yeah, that's fair. They often will do films that are like um, they'll do like a, a revenge kind of thing where they'll like they'll just flip the tables and the girl kills men and that's it.
3: Or and it's typically like some sort of rape revenge kind of thing.
2: Also that yeah, there's usually some sort of catalyst which includes the the violation of their body, which mm-hmm. is that. But in this case, she has she gets impregnated, but there's no men. So like as far as I know in the film, there's no sexual interactions with any men. She she tries the relationship with the girl, but then it gets really aggressive, mm-hmm. and she uh, she murders her and all the people who live in that house. So it's like you don't know how to feel about these relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. I oh go ahead.
0: Uh, I was gonna say it. Like like that scene, like definitely the scene where she just goes through and starts killing everyone in the house without the background. I have a lot of difficulty sympathizing for her situation because it's like like, after that. Yeah. Like, like, because so the dude that like comes on to her when she's just trying to leave, absolutely understand axing him. don't have a problem with that (laughs) whatsoever. I don't have an issue with this. But ever, afterwards, I'm just like, the, none of the people yeah. there asked
3: for this. Like the dude upstairs. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. That, I, I couldn't job. watch that part because I, I knew was what so was going to happen. And he was just like, "Hey, is the bathroom like somebody in there?" He's yeah. like
1: completely nude. He's like uh, yeah. holding he's his junk, just like he's hey. like I very vulnerable.
2: Mm-hmm. And, yes,
0: and, it, and it's got this weird dark humor to it too. Because oh she's cause like, she's "How many like, people how live people, here? How <laughs> many people live here?" And I'm like,
2: gotta say, it was very disturbing to have somebody killed with a stool yeah yeah (laughs) and then she just sits on it and then just sits on it with it like in their head you're like oh all right damn
1: i gotta give uh props to the foley artist for the sound effects Uh, good guava and papaya
2: killing yeah nice job good job then what did you guys think of the main actor it's her film feature debut like how do you even get to this level of acting for something like this she did great Like it's insanely good. She
0: she did really good for playing a really like distressed person. Her dance moves are really like really (laughs) good. So I believe that she's a dancer. Right.
2: The the backstory Um, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And then um, no, I I think she did. She definitely played a disturbed person really well, and also someone who's trying to be hidden very well too.
1: You know i I found that this actor could portray um like just fear really well, as well as just uh encapsulating of something coming around like uh you could tell that she knows the cops are on to her and you could see the fear and distress and the the mad dash to change her
0: appearance oh
2: my god that
3: that was a brutal moment that was a brutal moment her own
2: nose Uh the. Uh
3: that made me squeamish everything else
0: didn't but the nose breaking did
3: i feel like we got to talk about what led up to that a little bit yeah
1: yes uh so basically
3: this woman is a serial killer
1: uh she uses her main weapon of choice, which is a titanium chopstick that she keeps in her hair, uh, she basically hates the industry and hates the people that she works with. But she decides to go to a party with them. I, it looks kind of like a swinger, swingerish kind of party. Yeah. And it's this is right after she tries to rip out uh, one of the girls' nipple rings out of her fucking boob, which I don't know if that's some symbolic thing, but I could see that she wanted the metal for sure. She, and she
0: gets yeah. really, she just gets like aggressive, like really aggressive. It's crazy.
1: I impossible. also love the fact that she wears the clothes of the chick that she killed right afterwards.
3: Right. But anyways, oh, I mean, she really does. Kills everybody yeah. in she kills house. She kills everyone in this house. Goes back home and then sets her house on fire with her, locks her parents in the bedroom. So yeah. they're probably dead. Takes off and hitchhikes to who knows where some train station or bus station or something. Yeah, And then obviously there's wanted posters out for her.
2: Well, at, so I want to point out something at her house where she lives with her parents. They do suggest that the dad has some weird relationship with her. Yeah. That could be either abusive or just neglectful because of what had happened to them when they were younger. But it's still really weird. Yeah, and cause... he stares at her really weirdly, too, because of what she's wearing.
3: Well, in the beginning, so he's sort of, like, ignoring her in the back yeah. seat, and she's doing everything to get her his attention. Then there's another scene before all of the shit starts going down where she's just at home and trying to, like, make breakfast, and he comes in, doesn't even pay her any mind, and then you see her in the kitchen, like, trying, obviously, to get in his way and be in front of his face to get some sort of interaction from her nothing or sorry from him and he gives her nothing so yeah there is that aspect that she's been completely neglected by this man in her life
2: yeah also this is uh sorry sorry go ahead
3: but when she comes back from murdering everybody in that house he's standing there in the window smoking a cigarette and i almost feel like he knows yeah he knew what she does but he just chooses to accept it or not pay any mind to it because he just doesn't pay her any mind oh at all
2: so and then she lights some. So high. then, because she had possibly been doing these things so that somebody would notice anything she was doing, but then it like it got it went the wrong way.
3: I think it was more that she just had resentment for people in general yeah, because she had great. never had that human connection when she was younger. But she connected with this car, yeah, because she had the accident from the car, and all of a sudden she has all these people paying her attention, giving her work, Ooh, like dang. doing surgery on her, and so all of a sudden she loves this car because it gave her the attention that she's wanted.
2: There is uh, uh, pretty recently, I'd say like the last few years, um, doctors have come across this like psychosomatic illness where people will literally pretend like they're injured, they're paralyzed or any one of these things. And they think it's because... This person wants attention from somebody. and But they can't really solve it, right? Because you can't tell if someone's faking pain. Right. And so there's doctors who will like say that to some people and when they're actually experiencing it. So they've been studying it to figure out what it is and like did testing. And so there's somebody who's claiming they were paralyzed like in a wheelchair. but They actually weren't. And it's because they wanted attention from other people. And so there's like interesting studies that have been done about that. Mm-hmm. because of, it's, it's crazy
3: yeah. how these sort of need for things. Yeah can create almost like a psychosis within the brain oh, where definitely. things start to become disillusioned and not appear as they are. It's
1: a great thing that you bring that up because the second half of of the movie delves into that. Yeah. Uh, because she portrays herself as a missing child from 10 years ago, breaks her nose, cuts her hair, uh, puts a hoodie on and basically- Bleaches her eyebrows. Bleaches her eyebrows, makes herself look male to pretend to be this uh, son of a, of a firefighter chief and basically moves herself into the life. And even though the the kid on that poster and Alexia nothing like they look him. nothing alike, he accepts that this is his son. And uh, because
3: he's a broken, lonely man, he's, he's a broken, dude. lonely man. This
2: is like there's so much sympathy built for this character throughout the whole thing that you really don't want anything bad to happen
3: to him. Yeah. So this guy who lost his child ten years ago is this firefighter and. Uh, She ends up turning herself in as this missing child. He comes to pick her up. And I think he kind of knew at some point, like before it was even obvious that that wasn't his kid, but he was just so desperate to have a child that he was like, if you say you're my kid, you're my kid. Right. You know, eventually he finds out who she actually is.
1: Uh, So we, I'm going to name the actor real quick. It's Vincent Linden playing a character named Vincent. He's the (laughs) chief of uh, fire. I also find it uh, interesting that she killed her parents by fire. And then she because, eventually goes yeah. to a fire station. Right. Which uh, basically could be like the burning of a bridge to start a new life because she's very hesitant to open up and speak to her father, the, her new father. And she's basically trying to keep a down, a down low per, uh, perception of herself so she doesn't get caught by the cops. Right. Um, but eventually learns to love this guy like a father because... He keeps a roof over her head. He makes sure that she's well-fed, and he doesn't ask questions. He doesn't try to pry too much, a little bit in the beginning, because he doesn't understand why they're quiet, why they have a titanium plate in their head. But the implication is there is, you are my son. I will care for you. Who cares what the other people think? All these people that I work with that think you're mute or crazy, you are my son, and they could fuck off
3: good dad that's dad of the year award. right
2: yeah so then so then the second part of the film really changes gears towards her just hanging out there and trying to hide from everybody else and then forming this relationship with the father as the baby is growing and it grows fast like this is what a couple days maybe weeks
3: yeah Probably just a few weeks. Yeah, and
2: so it, like it's accelerated like really quickly, so fast that like the flesh is tearing away like from her stomach and like parts of or her side and everything. But while this is happening, she's having to deal with the fact that the father is also like a broken man, like you mentioned, because he lost his child. Didn't change anything about the room
3: addicted to steroids addicted to steroids
2: yeah. too and is like trying to reclaim a lot of his like younger years by staying really strong and so he just injects steroids straight into his ass which becomes harder and harder for him to do
3: yeah and another thing is they showed multiple scenes of this man's muscular ass. He is <laughs> oh, <laughs> buff. He is He's so buff. And this guy is
2: actually in real life buff. Like he does not do steroids in <laughs> real life. So this is kind of <laughs> nuts to see him that jacked in this movie.
3: Okay, little tangent, but I have to appreciate all of the scenes of the firemen. Yeah. Like, especially when they're just partying at the fire station. They're yeah, all man. getting
1: shirtless and listening to, like, techno. This is positive masculinity. There's this
3: really cool scene, too, where it was, like, slow motion, playing this cool music. Like, yeah. everyone's smoking cigarettes and just dancing.
1: It was a very surreal shot, but it felt like you could see the camaraderie between these men. Right. Uh, within this area. And, and they're and not try- even
2: inviting other people, they're just partying with themselves, like, all the dudes yeah. who work there.
1: And they're trying to accept the. Uh, uh, Alexia, who is now taking the persona of Adrian, as they say, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Uh, Dope and, name, I and, like that name. You know, some of those guys are actually very accepting of uh, yeah the the new person, and some aren't. We have uh, one of the characters who's a firefighter who he
3: figured out who they were pretty quickly. Who
1: has a hunch, you know? Mm-hmm. He looks at the poster and he looks at Adrian and he goes, "This is that chick." Well,
3: he's
2: also driven by <laughs> some jealousy too, because he gets paid uh, he gets paid less attention after the child shows up because yeah, he, he probably was set up to be like his quote unquote like surrogate son
3: yeah or like i guess just really close it's really close to kinda, the fire chief yeah say. um but then there's the second scene where they're all dancing and they're listening to that hard style techno which is fucking dope yep. just moshing in the fucking fire station I,
1: I have one problem with this scene and it's because of the scene prior to it hmm. uh they go out and and they're doing fire things and prior to that they were even saving a a woman and her son doing cpr and stuff and you could tell the jealousy is there yeah because he's like i have to call dispatch i'm not going to be doing cpr with you uh they go out into the woods and they find a propane tank in a trailer and the father hands it to him and says you're going to be taking care of this the next scene is an explosion uh the the character dies and uh alexia or adrian is in is in the uh Ambulance, and then the next scene is when they start partying. It felt really weird to have that kind of mood shift because they lost someone, but I understand that it could also be an escapism thing.
3: Well, that too, and then there's different ways that different cultures celebrate or remorse or remember death yeah and we tend to have a very like solemn solemn sad melancholy aspect to death which is fine you know if that's your jam but a lot of other cultures will actually celebrate someone's death because it's you know Their transition into something else and you want to think of it as a good thing not necessarily a bad thing you want to celebrate their life so I'm not saying that that's necessarily what they were doing I don't know but it is possible that that is simply the way that their culture celebrates death
2: also the dude who who, the dude who confronts Alexia also tells the fire chief and the fire chief's like don't ever talk about my son like that like ever again and then it's heavily implied that of course he's the one who killed him Mm -hmm. later on by handing him that knowing how dangerous it is and it was like, here you go, and then he uh, dies shortly yeah. after.
1: Yeah, probably because he was questioning too much. And yeah, just making him like, feel too much suspicion
2: brought down onto his new son. And even more interesting is that when uh, she arrives and she's looking through all the stuff, she puts on a dress that she finds. And it turns out that his actual son used to just wear this dress when he was a kid. And so it's not weird. This is like a confirmation for him, like, of course, this is my son. And so then that's kind of like the shifting moment of acceptance where he's like, yeah, like who else would put on this dress and think it's normal?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, This entire time that this uh, plot is unfolding, the body horror is getting worse and worse. Um, They are basically taping their their belly as well as their breasts to basically keep keep the identity uh low they shave their head they wear hats they try to keep a low profile but we always get those scenes where they finally get home and they get into the solitude of their room and they remove the bandages and they're just there's scratches all over the body there's ripping and tearing of the skin she's
2: throwing up and she's pissing oil at some point so then what is the pregnancy all about what the heck why does she even get pregnant what it like really? Why did this happen to her? It's a
3: child of the industry, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. what it
2: is? Like a literal, like it takes like it literally is going to kill like her.
3: Basically, a metaphor for generational trauma. I want to say. Oh yeah,
2: because you get literally into a new child, and
3: she's coming from this generation. Which I want to say that a lot of people have this common story where they sort of feel, oh, object- objectified and yeah. also isolated from a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, and then that trauma is then transferred on to the next generation where they become literal, like, steel beings. Mm. Steel and flesh, you know, but they're hardened for sure. They're carrying that weight that they carried from the previous generation.
1: A little bit of that trauma is in all of
4: us.
3: And I got to say, she was probably carrying trauma from her father and her parents' generation, too. Now
1: passing it on to this next child. Um, I had a little bit of a different interpretation. I found that this interpretation was a little bit more about love. Uh, How... How you it's all about love. How you could be uh, someone from a completely different background, but you could find love in different people. Uh, seeing that she wasn't blood related to this person, this person accepted her in his life and was yeah. willing to go with it. Eventually, at some point, you know she has the baby. I'm 100% sure that Vincent's going to
2: take care of that baby. Oh, and yeah. Depending on
3: He's going to be a great dad.
1: Depending on the gender, you'd probably call her... Or him, Alexia, or Adrian.
2: I do also want to point out towards the end, um, she, in like some desperation, tries to come on to him and like have sex with him, and he like gets up really quickly and is like, whoa, whoa, Like this is not the kind of relationship I wanted.
3: I appreciate that, too, that yeah. he wanted just more of a familiar relationship.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because she gets in, and he's holding her, like comforting her for a second, and then it changes, and he's like, well, this is not what was, this is supposed to be, and then it goes into the final piece of it, which is probably the wildest climax for a movie ever
3: but before we get to that it just makes me think of another thing too regarding her sexuality and that a lot of times the people she would murder were people that she would interact with sexually in some sort of way like the first guy she like makes out with him before stabbing him through the brain second yeah. girl she tries to hook up with um and it seems to usually be innocent people before she kills them
2: yeah i think the, so. the
3: dude after she kills the first girl i mean He kind of came on to her, so... But I think it was more that she just had to dispose of evidence. But then the poor black guy upstairs that she ended up killing, she gave him a little kiss, too, before she murdered him. So I feel like there's this tie-in with her sexuality and her trauma that she experienced younger the neglect and then the physical trauma too and that maybe she only was able to experience these interactions by having you know an attractive physique she was able to get sex which was the most interaction she could get from people the most meaningful ones and so now that's somehow tied into her bloodlust essentially
1: and it also like it ties in like with the the parent because she that's the only character that she doesn't come on to mm-hmm. and she attempts to kill him with the titanium chopstick but she can't get to him cuz he's too strong even though he's waning in strength well from there's steroids. actually
3: another part too where he passes out and she sits there and is trying to stab the spike through his brain and she can't do it like she can't push it through or, or even like hit him in the first place yeah
1: she then eventually coddles him while he's having this asphyxiation Uh, breakdown from steroids because you could if you take too much steroids you could fuck up your breathing and basically says dad are you okay? Mm-hmm. I'm here dad.
3: Only time she speaks to him too yeah. until the ending. Th-
2: there's uh, there's this whole thing that happens towards the end where he obviously figures out who she is and visibly sees her body and it's like it only takes him a couple seconds to be like it's fine and like covers her up and tells her like it doesn't matter like don't worry about that. And then it turns surprisingly wholesome towards the end and then really sad because like their relationship kind of ends like at the end of the film. So you don't know how to feel about their relationship they just formed. She passed
3: Um. on her trauma to him in the form of this metallic And this baby,
2: like the thing she has to take care of, yeah. This Jesus baby.
0: I wasn't sure if the overdose on steroids scene is real or not. I don't understand. Oh, it is
2: it
1: is a real thing. Uh if you take too much steroids you no, can could... No, 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 that's not yeah. that's not what oh. I mean. No,
0: <laughs> oh. I know like I know that OD on stuff is real, but yeah. I mean I don't know if it's dream logic we're going through like she yeah. is imagining this as a worry for him mm-hmm. because that is to show that she starts thinking of him is like attached to him. Oh, gotcha. More so or if it's actually she actually called him while he's ODing or if she's worried i wasn't sure because in the scene right ima- after that there's no hospital visit there's nothing like after yeah, OD i don't think that you just, just well like, he just, okay, might actually here's the yeah. Thing, yeah. though but
3: they I'm are sure. firefighters so they are medically trained
2: yeah that's true they can so resuscitate somebody
3: if they pass out unconscious this guy delivers the child at the end yeah. of the movie so it's likely someone there probably took care of him or he just yeah. knew how to take care of himself after he came to.
1: Could but, be that his body is so used to the steroids for years because you could see the bruises on his
0: ass. Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean that. that I mean that, that could be a thing. I just it. wasn't sure because the mo- the movie does does has a funny way about doing stuff like that. It really does, like kind of implying like these weird dream logic sort of things, or there was, know, as an explanation. Uh,
2: I also looked it up really quick. You had mentioned something about her interactions uh, sexually and it usually included a kiss. I was like, is this connected to, like, the sort of kiss of death thing where, like, it marks someone for death? And that could be an interpretation, too, where she is, like, kind of looking for people and marking them, and that's, like, one of the, like, visual symbols for it. Mm -hmm. As far as, like, the aesthetic goes for what you're watching in film. Like, there has to be a visual, right, for -hmm. some of these things, and in this case, it's that interaction. Right.
1: Uh, I'm going to end off with this. Uh, At the end... Of the movie, she doesn't kill anybody. She stops uh, being a serial killer, and I think that has to do in part with her actually being cared for and listened to by uh, her new surrogate father. I think uh, he actually took very good care of her, made sure that no one would fuck with her, uh, basically gave her food, clothes, and a place to live and didn't want to ask questions. So for her, that was like fulfilling. She is able to live and, and survive and not have to deal with basically men ogling her because she is portraying herself as a male. So... I think there's a little bit of character development there that she doesn't feel like she needs to kill people because she's finally cared for by another person and a man in this case.
2: Yeah, and then but then she dies in childbirth, so it's kind of like a bittersweet moment.
0: And, you know, I was saying I don't really sympathize with her really all that much, and maybe you're not supposed to.
2: That's true. There could be a moment where you weren't necessarily supposed to, and then it could be that most of the uh, empathy feelings kind of get shifted over to the dad. Mm-hmm. Because you, you see this character introduced later, he's
3: the real protagonist. Let's be honest. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is the main dominant. Character part is of the not movie. necessarily always going to be a protagonist. True. Also, yeah, yeah. You also Good have that
1: point. interaction with his wife where she doesn't believe it and she comes across her body and is just like, "I don't care who you are, you just have to be here for him."
2: Oh, that's true. She does say that to her. Okay, so then, what would you guys rate this film? Like, what? Do, and also, like, do you have any favorite scenes?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with the f- my favorite scene is the slow mo with the the firefighters. I think Sick. I think dude, it looks yeah. really uh, beautiful and it, it makes me feel that camaraderie. Uh, but I also enjoy the scene where um, the childbirth is happening because the music hits really well. Yeah, uh, in that scene, and it just it it cements the end of the movie as well as starts a new beginning with this child that has a plate in its head and a metallic spine.
0: When she kills everyone in the house is great. Yeah. I really like that there's Dark some weird scene. Yeah. And then also um and then also I this the scene where uh the mom finally figures out that she is not the son. And because that was a really tense moment Ooh, and I was like of
2: tension. Ah,
0: and then she's fine with it and you're like, Okay. All right, so we're not we're not we're not too in the shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah. I have to say my favorite scenes probably the same as Mers, the slow dancing fireman. Oh, the techno man.
1: one's also good too. So.
3: Honestly, both of the dancing scenes with the fireman, one because a bunch of muscular guys dancing with each other is so wholesome. But then also the scene where the fire the chief of fire, he's trying to make Alexi more comfortable and he starts dancing and that was just so adorable and wholesome he like puts on a record and is just like dee, 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 dee.
2: yeah starts dancing
3: <laughs> and then they just start fist fighting after that you know what and, you know i think that was just a really interesting scene because he's really doing anything to get any sort of emotional reaction out of them and right. eventually gets it you know and then there's the scene where she pulls out the chopstick and he's like what what is this why don't you use your fists like a man <laughs> and just did not give a fuck that they were like trying to kill him and i don't know it was weirdly wholesome to me like yeah. it was probably one of my favorite moments out of the movie just because i was like there's a lot going on here
2: yeah there's it's like stacked with uh scenes where they have really believable interactions with each other and then some that are just so outrageous like when they do start to get into a fight although that doesn't seem too off to me like I feel like I've definitely had uh moments when I was younger with my dad where I like definitely wrestled him and, like, got into these moments where it's, like, I was actually pissed. But, like, I can't do anything because he's obviously just going like, to like, relax. Like, it's not a big deal. And so those moments definitely happened and were believable for that. And then, like, I think my favorite is probably, like, probably the sweetest moment, which is when he discovers who she really is and, like, just doesn't care because he wants so desperately to have a child. And you're just, like, oh, man, this is, like, both really nice and sad at the same time because he's just willing to take care of her. And then for it to just come to the ending that it does – feels really harsh but like i don't think it could have gone any other way for for what was going on in the film and then like because what if she did stay alive after that how do you take care of the kid and then she's still at large kind of she's killed a lot of people so like there's no happy ending for her either way Mm -hmm. the moment
1: when he looks at her and sees her exposed breast and he goes here we got to cover you up yeah that's the moment where you're like this could work out as a weird fucked up family (laughs) yeah
2: right yeah um so then some readings uh, I'm going to give this a solid
1: eight and a half to a nine. I think it was really well done. I think the music and the story are very unique. I have not seen and probably won't see anything like this for
3: a while. I'm actually going to give this movie a 10. And I know I'm kind of a stickler about things that are accessible and digestible for the public. <laughs> yeah. And this is definitely not one of those movies. No, it's not. but The artistic value that's going on here, the amount of depth and range and possible interpretations of this movie and the fact that it's so unique and we'll probably never see, like you said, never see anything like this again. Like, yeah, I have to give it a 10 purely for how unique and special this movie is. But it is not for the faint of heart.
2: No, this will definitely uh, get under your skin. Like, I think
3: that I have kind of a thick skin of a lot of movies, (laughs) except for, like, certain torture things like Saw. Can't do Saw.
2: Yeah, that was rough. But even
3: this movie, like, it didn't get to the extent and the gore necessarily of Saw, but it's just the unique body horror that was just... I think I was more uncomfortable with how I had never seen anything like it before, so I didn't know how to take it. And I think that's a really cool way to be feeling about a movie. If a movie can make me feel confused... I like that. I like that shit. 10, 10 out of 10.
0: This movie riffs hard off Tetsuo, the Iron Man. (laughs) It kind of does in a lot of senses. And, uh, for that, it gets a nine
2: and that's about it. I will also give it a 10. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, I feel like we're probably the most difficult to get a 10 for (laughs) most films because of how picky we are about things, but it's just so insanely unique. Um, Very like she's deliberate in everything she chooses to do for the film and does not give up. Like, you are like, just the film does not let up the whole time you're watching, and so, like, you are uncomfortable it's scary it's horrifying you like don't know what you're feeling and so you kind of experience uh the same bit of trauma that she's going through and like uh you know whether you watched it with a group of people or by yourself it's you feel weird after watching it because of the feelings it leaves you with so very effective and I'm glad she committed to the like the strong surreal like horror aspect of the film while also maintaining that like it could be so many messages all in one thing. Mm -hmm. So really well done. And I'm looking forward to her making more films and to seeing the main star and other things because she's probably going to go into horror. Like that might be her her niche films if she wants to keep doing that. Um, And so it'd be really cool to see what's going on. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, So before we walk out, I have a, a final thought. I don't know if anyone else has final thoughts. You got some final thoughts? No, go ahead. Okay. So my final thought with this movie is... That typically when we see movies and things that are being made for commercial purposes, they're made for a very specific purpose. They're trying to deliver a very specific message. Even if how you get there is a little uncertain, it's still there and it's still noticeable and obvious. But with this movie is you don't really know what the message is. And I think that's something beautiful. And I think that's something that people should incorporate more in their artistic works is making something for yourself and for the purpose of the art rather than how it's going to be perceived by other people. And I think this film did that very successfully by making something that is open to interpretation, which I think is the most beautiful kind of art that you can draw so, so many conclusions from this film
2: it is very close to being art house. If not, Considered already <laughs> within the realm of, of what's been created there, but usually that premise is a really good one to, to follow. Where you just make stuff for yourself. I fully believe she made it just to make a story she's been wanting to make, mm-hmm. and did like really didn't care. But then it it resonated with a lot of people, right. which is why I got those awards.
3: And I resonate with that process a lot because when I'm oftentimes writing something, choreographing something, making something, I don't go in wanting to make something in particular. I rather get inspirations from things and then when I'm finished with it and looking back on it I start to notice things that could be connected and could be considered a plot or a purpose or intention even though I didn't plan it that way I could still perceive it as such but then you just have infinite possibilities of the ways that this could make somebody feel and how it could resonate with them and I think that's something really special.
1: When making art uh, you always have that little uh, self-reflection that like could hurt because there's sometimes you're like, this is absolutely awful mm-hmm. or this is obviously I enjoy this. I think it might be good. And then it, the audience reaction to it or whoever you're showing your art to, it's always going to be a different interpretation. So for me, I I could be like, Oh, I didn't like how the drums were mixed at uh, two minutes and three seconds. And someone could go, I love <laughs> how those drums were mixed. I think you did really good. So it really just, depends maybe you're not trying to be perceived maybe you're just trying to make something for yourself
3: you're just trying to exist man yeah i was <laughs> just trying to be but yeah that's my my closing well, then thought. go watch it highly yeah. recommend yeah go watch it <laughs> Uh, don't watch it on a full stomach. Don't watch it with your mother. Don't, unless yes. your mother's into that <laughs> While shit. While watching. Content warning. Content, literally content warning. <laughs> Not safe for work yeah, Not yeah, safe for work. Okay,
1: well, it looks like we're ready to walk on. Oh, out. yeah, let's walk yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, Got to
3: get my flip flops on because I'm going to get my new uh, cowboy hat. Oh,
1: yeah, new cowboy hat. <laughs> Where are the pit hat? vipers nice. at? And the pit vipers.
2: They're pit here. Larry. Oh, wait. We're going to do stuff. We're going to do stuff. For the podcast which includes making a discord yes oh yeah discord coming we, up we want a place where all of you can chat with us and also we have a twitch channel and now. mitch has set up a twitch channel which is dope so
0: I might start streaming horror games. So if you yeah. want to watch me shit my pants playing, I'll, I'll be joining that too. So know, we'll oh, both please. be scared. I'm going to need you. Yeah, I'm
2: going to need another voice. That's I like think it's we'll okay. I'll be Mitch. making can...
3: appearances oh on that Twitch. Yeah, at some that point. it's going to be
2: really funny if it's us two because we're just terrified of these games.
0: Oh, I'm so terrified <laughs> of. I'm going to play Alien Isolation. Oh and god, I can't, yeah. It's just yeah. And, and then I'm more, over I, here like, hey, fucking weenies. Yeah. I literally started that game, and I think I have 20 minutes logged because I started it, and then was like, nope, not doing any of this. Logging off play right go play halo also
1: also in the works uh me and jonathan have been recently doing something with tcg games Uh, hell yeah we have been recently opening pokemon packs and we're going to start uh opening magic packs soon on a tiktok yeah which is uh what is it called uh, Squirrel Squad. Squirrel
2: Squad ninety one. What's your birthday? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. So, <laughs> We're so, that particular Squirrel Squad. Uh,
1: not really. It's, <laughs> it's not related to uh, uh, horror, but it is fun to to see that because yeah. people love to see openings.
2: Also, we need to get a little bit into the realm of TikTok because we don't have any visuals for us <laughs> at the moment. And as yeah. I've been saying for the we last few months, are.
3: everything gets circulated on TikTok. It's true; a lot yep. of
2: stuff gets circulated on TikTok. So
1: we're gonna we're gonna figure out that stuff coming up this year. Uh, but before then, I'm just gonna give you the the little general rundown of what we got going on. We have our Patreon, where for $2 a month, you could basically recommend a piece of horror media for us to review, as well as get all the bonus content that we do in our own little sections. We have Cryptids with Justine coming soon. We have uh, Horror Games with Mitch. We got Conspiracies. Conspiracy Theories with all of us, as well as sci-fi a Sci-Fi channel. Corner. And then uh, my personal segment, which is Monsters with Murr, where I'm currently yeah. making a theory for uh, why society has a love for monster movies and why we are so drawn to them, I will be making my theory paper soon. So that will be <laughs> yes. really fun. It's called, it's called yeah. a thesis,
0: I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Thesis. <laughs> right, yeah. Not a theory, a thesis. Your thesis paper. <laughs> uh, other than that, you can find us on all our social medias. We have the Facebooks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams where we will notify you when new episodes come out. Also, make sure to give us a follow on Apple uh, Podcast as well as Spotify. Yeah,
2: leave the- us a review on Apple Podcasts.
1: Let us know how we're doing and let us know about other things that you like hearing from us. It always helps us out uh, with the numbers as well as
0: notifies you when we get new episodes out. You could also just say hi to me.
1: Yeah, you could also <laughs> just say hi.
0: You can just say hi. I like hearing hi.
1: Um, we also have our Spring, where for a couple dollars you can get some really good merch with some really cute anime characters of us. Custom well art. Uh, customized things such as like uh, mugs. Glasses, cylinders, other things, stickers, you know, bricks, bricks <laughs> uh, supreme bricks, you know. <laughs> <A> crowbar. Crowbar. <laughs> yeah,
0: our uh, patented bricks are, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah
2: and our hats. So we'll sell you a crowbar. Don't break into people's houses with you. But you should totally, you know. <laughs> for well, legal purposes, do uh, people's <laughs> houses. That's,
1: that's basically it. Uh, let us know how we're doing. We love you
0: very much. <laughs> Same. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. I'm Justine. I'm talking. Thank you.